0: What's up, gamers? Welcome to Battle Mallet Podcast, episode 20, Battle Mallet 2nd Edition, where Terminators now have to make their saves on 1d6 instead of 2d6. The Battle Mallet Podcast is a podcast delving into the minds of four busy gamers, their annual journey to the Nova Open Convention, playing the games that they love, and balancing life with those games. I'm Jared Johnson, and I'm here with Trey Side. I'm a painting ogres danny clemens what up and jason tabled noob murray
1: if only i could roll a crit like my daughter
0: oh
2: no more of that more of that sweet (laughs) that's the sarah and i when we played crisis protocol the other day for the first time i was showing her like sides of the dice and this is what you need to do so she just four of them and rolled like two hits and two crits i was like well Shit, okay. <laughs> nice. you're going to be good at this
0: <laughs> That's awesome um, So we're going to The the number of topics that we will cover today Is going to be small um, I don't know if that's going to end up being a short episode or not But we'll find out um, The big thing that we want to cover is the Las Vegas Open Las Vegas
2: <laughs> Las Vegan,
0: <laughs> Las vegan. Uh. The Las Vegas Open uh, Warhammer Preview so um, all of the uh, new models, armies, content coming out from that, um, you know. But as yeah. usual,
2: they say it's not the number of topics; it's how you use them. So that's don't stress.
0: Right. Okay. Um, anyway, so before we talk about Las Vegas, um, you know, we'll do like we always do. We'll catch up with uh, what everybody's been up to. So Trace,
3: paint and ogres. Just
0: paint and ogres.
3: No, uh, um. Paint nuggers, Jason and I went to a tournament a couple weeks ago, and or last weekend. Was it last weekend? Last weekend. And that's really about it.
1: Time's cool? a flat circle, man. Time.
2: It is. It
1: is. Well, that was the quickest recap ever. Yeah. Uh, so we <laughs> yeah. did go to a tournament, and, uh, you know, we went to the local Game Theory uh, tournament on a Sunday, um, and we... I'm very proud of like the turnout because I know that it wasn't hosted by us. And thank you, Brandon and game theory for hosting it. But uh, I would like to think that we had a part in kind of advertising it. And we had 14 players uh, and really two groups from out of town come in. So it was, it was a pretty big showing. It was one of the first times game Theory's ever done best of three. So it was three rounds, best of three. um, And we had, you know, H2O coach or Sean from, the, uh, the Richmond Nova area up there, come on down and bring a buddy. And then we had Brandon Huss from Columbia, South Carolina, come up and bring a buddy. Um, plus, all the locals came out, both new and old. And, you know, it was Trace, myself, Jimmy was there. Unfortunately, somebody had to dip out on us. Jared. Sorry. I tried. <laughs> uh, it was really, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, great events, and uh, someone did really, really well there, and it wasn't me. No. Nope.
3: Uh I want it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow! So excited.
2: Oh,
3: damn. Um, that no, was good. I I think I just had combination of good deck and against the proper opponents and stuff like that, and rolled rolled a fair number of crits too, which was nice. One of the few times in my life where I rolled crits consistently. so.
0: Wow, nice.
3: Yeah, so it was good. Cool. So uh, what'd you run? I ran Stormcast Eternals. I ran a very spell-heavy Thunder Buddies list. For those who are listening that don't know what they are, it's uh, Stormsires, Curse Breakers. Um, with a little bit of anti-objective tone thrown in there. So just a couple cards to like flip objectives over to help deny um to help deny warbands who want to be scoring like supremacy and capturing three objectives or multiple objectives at a time so
0: nice. that's
3: kind of how it went yep so it allowed me to be a little bit more passive if i needed to to be a little more aggressive if i needed to it was like i said before you guys have played flex enough and now it's my turn to play flex
0: <laughs> so, i like it yeah
3: yeah it's good so it was good it was a, it was a good. Was, like Jason said, it was a good turnout. Um, was really pleased with the number of people that were there, just and the quality of players too, which was nice. So, nice.
1: Yeah, the local scene has definitely moved forward. I mean, there's not there's not really an easy out anymore. Like, yes, we do have a, a handful of new players, but even they are catching on quickly. So, what were I forget what warbands you went up against?
3: I played
1: um,
3: my first match was against. The Banshees, which is always a hard matchup for Stormsire because they're just so good and they can score most of their deck without really even caring what you're doing. Um, And then I played a mirror match of Stormsire on Stormsire, which is always interesting. It really just comes down to who rolls better in that matchup. Um, And then I played the Sephiroth Guard in the final and played Jimmy in the final.
0: Nice.
1: So that was it. Was good. It yeah, was awesome. You got that code. Code. code I did. Code. It. Code? I did get the code. 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 Code.
3: Um. Yes, and it's been submitted so that I don't miss out on the first drawing.
0: If nice.
3: If that were to be fortuitous enough for me to get it, so.
0: That's exciting.
3: Yeah. And Jason played pretty well too. I did. Who did you
1: play against? I was I was actually waiting for Jared to make a comment about clubbing small mammals or some. I mean I don't. I don't, I don't want,
0: say that anymore.
1: Oh okay, all right. Just making sure. Yeah. No, congratulations again. So thanks, man. Any any other hobby updates from you before before I go and I'll just dive into the tournament.
3: <laughs> I was just trying not to clog us up, I guess, with the tournament recap. So, um, no, just painting. I've been painting a lot of ogres. Uh, got almost all of the 750 Christmas challenge done. It's at the end of January. We're good. <laughs> it's a month yep. left. <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's, it's okay. Not, Jared's it's not finished either. Um, but you know it's the President's it's, Day challenge. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's fine.
3: Um, just yeah, I'm not even going to get into presidents and stuff right now. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been it's been fun, just different. Um, trying just new, new techniques and stuff. And you guys will see pictures later, not right now, but later.
0: (laughs) Sweet. Yeah. Jason, you want to, you want to dive into your tournament and you can kind of catch us up on what you've been up to as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I've actually had quite a bit of hobby progress here. Uh, you know, starting with the tournament, gentlemen, I feel dirty. Because normally I'm the one that's playing, you know, swinging for the fences with some underpowered warband. And, you know, the tournament took place right after, um, I should say, the same weekend as the the Warhammer World. No, the weekend before Warhammer World. Yes, the weekend before Um, the Grand Clash. We did have the, um, the Banned and Restricted update or the Far List was updated that weekend, but we did not use it. Uh, and I've been playing Lady Harrow, so I definitely have not been playing a subpar faction. Um, but I really like them. Like, they're really, really cool. There's a, I feel there's a few different builds from aggro to passive. Uh, and really liking the caginess of being able to do what I want to do and then still reach out and touch someone. Um, so I've, I think I'm on an iteration nine of that deck so really enjoying it but at the same time i need to take a shower because i'm playing with a meta war band so
0: <laughs> so dirty
1: <laughs> uh, but the tournament you know i played brandon huss round one against the appropriate guard uh, really good game uh he you know we taught we we drew in glory round one uh but he was standing on objective so brandon definitely pushed and pulled where he needed to uh, the big surprise of that game is I brought the wrong deck with me. So I had this wonderful, wonderful, and it did not, like, I, to our listeners, it did not uh, change the outcomes of the game. Like, the cards did not come out until about halfway through Brandon mine's game, and they didn't come up in a place that really influenced the game. It was just like, oh, I'm looking for this card, and I draw this other card, I'm like, oh, damn, I, I, done, I done messed up. <laughs> I done messed up big time. Oops. Uh, yeah. So, uh, um, but he played real well and he was standing objective. Took game one, game two, I was able to kind of get get my feet underneath me and he had to keep rezzing a skeleton over and over and over and I was just able to play whack-a-mole uh, to take the round. Now, you know, the scoring was done a little different, so I was awarded the full round win um, because I won that game, uh, even though he took, you know, game one and I took game two, so it really should have been coded as a tie. Um, but the TO ruled it as round one win. So then I went to play my lovely friend, Steven. So, Steven's someone that's been incorporated into into the group here. We play him all the time. And whenever I play Steven, it's always a one glory game. Um, so, he had Thundrix, played him. We tied game one, legit tied. Like, I thought I'd won because of Tome. And then I, like, recounted the glory. And I was like, oh no, like, I'm definitely not that high. Uh, and we, we legit died, tied like 21 to 21 with nobody on objectives because he pushed me off. Uh, it was awesome. Round two, took that one. Uh, so, you know, going 2-0 into the last round, and I was going to have to sub- submarine my way up over Jimmy and Trace. Uh, wasn't having it. I went in and played Sean, um, and he just murdered me with Wild Hunt. It's been a long time since I've had an O2-ed, and he... He took it to me. I couldn't get it rolling. Um, so great game there, Sean. I appreciate that that uh, butt whipping and he got me back from beating him at Nova. So I guess we're even. Um, so a Love lot a of
2: match.
1: yeah, a lot of fun. Really happy that everyone came down and I can't emphasize enough enough how much I appreciate everyone's commitment to growing the community here in the Raleigh area. Uh, it's it's really really fun to have that many players show up to an event uh, and have a, a great time. Um, you know, other than that, I've, I literally vlogged logged, uh, 10 more matches after that, um, with the ladies and just various Warhammer underworld. So definitely been grinding through that. We did have our January meetup, um, at the gamers tavern. So, i really enjoyed that place i mean jared you and i have played there twice now Uh, what do you guys what do you what do you and trace think about that
0: i love it i mean uh, it's it's comfortable it's um i mean you know the food is good um beer on tap um you know plenty of space uh as far as we understand it as long as you don't want to play on a friday or a saturday because you know you've got the magic and pokemon crowds in there but um but yeah, I mean, like on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night that we've been there, I mean, it's been great. Just yeah, remember I really...
2: like three years ago when I was like, you know community really needs? It's like a high-end place for people to go play games. And y'all were like, that's stupid. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the actual answer was, yeah, that's a great idea, but where are we going to get the capital for that? Yeah, that was the true answer. <laughs> Everyone was like, that's a great idea, but it was like, eh, well, we're poor, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Yeah. Only we were independently wealthy. That's it. We're starting a Patreon right now.
2: Just yep. kidding. No,
0: we're,
2: we're gonna franchise like this some bitch. That's right.
3: Oh no. No, I really liked it. Um, I I think like to kind of reemphasize all the points that Jared said. Like, um, it's it is a very comfortable place to play. Um, more it's deceptively big. Like, there's a lot more space, especially for a game of our size, there's plenty of room for us to kind of spread out. And, uh, if we wanted to put 40 people in the room to play underworlds, we could, I mean, those are lofty goals, obviously, but, um, I think it'll be a nice place to kind of not call home per se, but play consistently enough to kind of build a rapport. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And just for our listeners, like I would not recommend it for full, fledged tabletop minis games i mean if you're looking at playing underworld or i'm sorry uh, a of sigmar or uh 40k like they do not have terrain um you'd have to lug everything in there and although you could make it work it's not really set up for that it is set, it is a board game kind of yeah. tavern um but for us and You know, hopefully we can drag Danny there because they have a whole plethora of games on that back wall. I do think I saw Blood Rage there. So, yes. Might might be a cool cool, uh, night to break away and play that. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, yeah, and it's it's perfect. Like, Underworlds works. Um, Jason, you and I played Warcry, and that was fine. So, like, Kill Team would work. I would assume Crisis Protocol would be playable. Uh, Three by three. Danny, yeah yeah, 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 and you can still you need to bring terrain, terrain and stuff, and yeah. It, but it would be less of a stretch than trying to. Yeah, play. wouldn't be
2: as big a deal because you only bring ten miniatures,
0: but yeah, Yeah. So, cool. Um, well, Jason, you you been up to anything else? Uh, any? So I mean, war,
1: so War Cry, like Jared and I got a game of Warcry at the aforementioned place, uh, and I just want to say, like, what a what a relief or breath of fresh air just that game is just so like it is just play it is literally just play it's so much fun yeah i I wish 40k had a a version of that is just like roll hit you know
2: two damage and move on
0: so yeah yeah there's no there's not it's not three dice rolls to determine what happened
2: and then positives and negatives and yeah no, no. This is plus one, but minus one times two plus three divided by twelve times two percent, and now we've got our roll.
0: <laughs> Insert Zach Gallifinakis gift. Yeah.
2: <laughs> hangover memes. Let's go. Yeah, yeah.
1: But There's still enough with the you know the the multiple powers where you have you know your dice and you kind of do your special power or whatever. It, it it was just really fun and enjoyable, and I'm yeah. glad you we're able to make it out and play a quick game.
0: That was good.
1: It's good. Um. And then Warcry, so Warcry, and we'll talk about it in the LVO reveal, like kind of G- what's going on in GW. But um, uh, you know, there's a new Warcry Warband coming out, and that kind of sealed the deal on me. I made a huge pers- purchase into Slaves of Darkness. So, keeping up with my New Year's resolution to play games that everybody wanted to play, I'm now a proud owner of two starter kits: uh, the, t- the, the uh, Battle Tome, the cards, the Endless Spells. Nice whole bunch of whole bunch of slaves to darkness and then you know looking forward to getting that but really the the cool thing of that war cry war band the the tyrant the tyrants Fire tyrants tyrants, they're going to be a really good stand-in for marauders which kind of kind of solidify the whole look of the army where it's uniform but yet barbaric so really excited to start that project uh, and then I finished a book, uh, Emperor's Spear for 40k. Um, current 40k setting and wow, did it it just sparked my interest back into the lore and universe of 40k? I know we've been a little tough on on that game lately, but this book, if you read a book, read this one. I listened on Audible uh, while I was traveling, and it was it was fantastic. It really set the stage for what is currently going on in the Imperium. And when you cross the, uh, the rift, um, how things are just different and, you know, there's twists and turns in the story. It follows, uh, uh, um, a, a, regular Marine from the mentors, mentors uh, legion. yeah, Mentors legion. And he crosses over to try to get in touch with, um, the forces on that side, the Emperor Spears, uh, the celestial lions, uh, that type of stuff. And the story like is told from one of his depths. Is that how you say it? Like he, he basically has a human uh, helper. He has three of them. And this is the way the mentors go to, to battle is they have these, uh, I don't even know what you, I, they call them, but I forget the word now, but they basically support the space Marine by watching um, data feeds that come in and that's how they fight. Um, but they're also heavily trained, and it's told through kind of her. She's almost like a Remembrancer style, but she is very lethal as well. And yeah, she's she, the one.
3: She's got modifications that she's got Remembrancer's coils, so she remembers everything. She has basically like a computer in her brain.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, I also finished the book, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and it was like Jason said, it was very, very good. Um, it's it's a great. Kind of window view into how things operate now in the Imperium Nihilus, um, and I cannot remember for the life of me the name of what they're called either, Jason. I was trying to like come up with it in my brain, um, but it was a, it was like Jason said, it was a great book. If you are looking for a good read, and and like different chapters, if you're tired of hearing about Blood Angels or whatever, it's a great kind of deviation from the normal. Um, the normal chapters. No ultramarines in this one. So. Oh wow. Yeah.
2: Sorry, yeah. yeah. nice. Sorry, I'm not gonna read it. So. <laughs> it,
0: doesn't it Doesn't have, have ultra ultramarines in it. Why exactly. would you read it? Or funny. does it? <laughs> dun, dun, dun.
1: I don't oh, want to. Spo- yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. But it really, like, I can't emphasize enough. It, like, it it shows you how desperate they are on the other side and desperate i use like kind of as a like a loose word because it's they're still fighting you know still following orders but it's just different like they have to do things that you would not expect from what you understand in in space marine lore like in space marine lore like you don't cut corners right this is the way it goes and it it really blurs those lines and uh plus it puts a spin on you know because it's it's aaron Demsky Bowden that writes it, so there is a point where they're fighting Chaos Space Marines, and there's a section where you actually kind of see the story from that Chaos Space Marine side. Like, oh, not everything's just black and white. There's a whole lot of gray. So, He's good at doing that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, Talon of Horus and Black Legion hit that pretty hard. So.
1: Yep. And That's the last cool. last hobby progress I had is today we. Played a game of uh, Kid Spire uh, you know, with my daughter. Uh, she brought out the um, uh, Magor's Fiends against the Godsworn Hunt because according to her, those are the guys I always lose with. And,
3: <laughs>
1: and uh, I I was like, okay, I'm going to win this one. And so I won the roll to go first, walked in to try to attack. And once again, for those that are not having kept up before, you know, we. I, now I'm using the Dreadfiend board just put that out there and everybody starts inspired and uh, so I walk in I hit two hits uh, very important that I get one hit through because that allows me to actually take somebody out of action the way the damage works with the two warbands uh, and then she crits and then she attacks me and crits and then I attack her and go through and she double crits and then she attacks oh. me again and crits the girl rolled five <laughs> rolls in a row with crits, and that was the, like then she had a successful attack and then she critted again. It was like, I, like six hundred crits in a row. I couldn't believe it. Uh, needless to say, by the end of turn two, all of my guys were off the board and she beat me like fifteen nothing, fourteen nothing. It was fantastic. Nice. It was a great time. Thanks, Emma. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thanks for <laughs> kicking my butt. That's awesome. And she was grounded.
3: Yes. So it was so it was my game with Jared a couple weeks ago
1: yeah pretty
0: much yeah. well. all the crits
1: so, that's my hobby progress
0: been nice. up to a lot yeah it sounds like it that's awesome hopefully we'll uh, we'll keep that train rolling so uh danny what you got bud well,
2: jason was pulling up the slack for me because i haven't gotten a lot of hobby progress done uh you guys know i've had a, a pretty weird week um basically the short of it is found out that my dog is really sick and so we're trying to kind of spend a lot of time with the little guy and uh treat him well and keep him happy and all that stuff and try to try to figure all that life stuff out and so that has kind of dampened my enthusiasm for doing pretty much anything hobby wise uh that said i have played some some pretty uh casual board games with the the wife and friends and um that was nice. It was a nice little reprieve, but uh, kind of getting out the paints and the models and everything has felt a bit like a chore. Uh, so haven't really done it, but I hear Jason over here doing like all the things. And so I feel like, you know what? It balanced out. <laughs> nice. Didn't you play Crisis Protocol with your wife? I did play Crisis Protocol with my wife, but that was, uh, we kind of played about two thirds of the game of Crisis Protocol because it got kind of late. And it was like, she's not very, um, like this is kind of her first miniatures game and so it was a lot for her it was kind of like overload and and i think uh it was like let's just having fun i think if we keep going for another two turns i think we might get cranky (laughs) so let's just kind of (laughs) take take the pedal off a bit and uh but it was fun it was also kind of we kind of adapted it a little bit well i kind of adapted a little bit kind of like how you do with the with, with Emma for Shadespire I kind of was like well let's not use these cards let's just focus on just what the heroes can do so that there's no like oh well, I can plan this little trap let's just get used to you know comparing stats and rolling off and and doing all that sort of you know typical tabletop stuff and and once we kind of got in that groove, I was like well I feel like we've achieved the goal of this first game like you kind of have a handle of how it works and um, we haven't busted it out since, but we both agreed that it was fun and that we should do it again. So uh, hopefully on the horizon here. Nice. Good. So what board games are you been playing? Uh, we played a game called Quacks of Quedlinburg, which is maybe one of the most fun names in board games. Um, which is kind of a, a fun one. It's you basically are uh, like apothecaries in this made up medieval town. Uh, and every year there's a competition where all of the quacks of Quedlinburg get together and try to outdo each other with their potions. And you have a big bowl in front of you, and it kind of has like a spiraled path. And you start in the middle, and you um, each space on that spiraled path is worth a victory point more or less. And um, you your job each turn is to try to get as many ingredients into this pot and fill up the path as much as you can to get as many points as possible Uh, and the way you do that is you have a store of ingredients things like mandrakes and tsetse flies all sorts of like you know typical stuff and you have a pouch like a blind a blind bag and you buy stuff and you put it in the pouch and then when it's your turn you start pulling items out of the pouch and you're filling up your your cauldron but if you fill up too many uh, of one ingredient it'll explode and oh, so nice <laughs> you start kind of like trying to oh shit like i've pulled out all of my good stuff and now i've got left as a thing that will blow it up so i'm going to stop like you can just choose to stop or you can be like oh but i know i have one more good ingredient in there and i have i can still get three more bad ingredients before it blows up so you can start kind of like playing the odds and then you, it usually every turn comes to a moment where like everybody's watching you and you're like all right, am I going to do this? Am I going to go for it? I got like one in three odds of getting the good the good ingredient that's going to help me win this round. And you always like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. And you reach in the bag and you pull it out. And it's always the thing that makes you explode and everybody laughs at you and it's fun. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's one that we played recently. We played a, a party game called Monikers, which is, uh, it, a lot of people might have known of it. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it was like a free-to-play internet game for a long time. And they, they basically turned into a nice, polished game uh, Card game like Cards Against the Humanity uh, did back in the day, uh, but it's uh, a party game where like you split into teams and you have a deck of cards that's kind of like apples to apples or Cards Against Humanity, like a lot of random pop culture references. Like one of the cards we had the last time I played was uh, this historical figure. Uh, I forget his, his full name, but it was like Roland something. uh it was like Roland the Flatulator, Farter of the King, and it's this actual guy in history that was like a jester. And his job was he would come to the king and he would do like a flip and a fart at the same time, and that was like the king's favorite thing in the world. So we learned something. But, uh, that's awesome. So that's that, like so there's cards like that. Ones that, like you have things that are like like bacon, you know, like, like it's just like a, a mixture of things. And you play the first round, and basically you have a minute with this deck of cards, and you try to get through as many as you can in a minute uh, by saying anything but the name on the card. After that minute's over, you give the remainder of the deck to the other team. They do the same thing and you go back and forth until both, until the, the deck is empty. So every card in that deck has been seen by the by both teams. You add up the points, and that's the end of round one. Round two, but instead of uh, instead of what you do is you just say one word, and so you really have to pay attention to the clues from the first round because, like rolling to the farter, like that, that's an easy one because you can just be like farter you know but like uh some of these ones like uh there was a company dumpty and somebody said uh he the guy who fell off a wall and so you just want to say wall because that's something like you've already keyed in go through the whole deck again add up the cards and then there's a third and final round where it's basically charades and then at the end of that whoever has the most points win and it's kind of fun because the whole game is kind of this building uh like driving force getting you to that last round where the charades happen and everyone's like oh god like how do i act out rolling the farter flatulator for the you know, and, well, uh, I feel like that's easy um, I think you just do a flip and fart Yeah, right? I mean You can make your, your medieval hay that way but, uh, but yeah, so we played that too
3: I mean, I told my mom I would amount to something
2: one day <laughs> <laughs> I always knew Trace wasn't your first name I didn't know it was Roland
1: Yep <laughs> It's an R name for sure <laughs> <laughs> Well,
2: been... that's awesome
1: That's cool, cool.
3: Whoa. And please tell me that you completely acted out the scene from Harry Potter when you were talking about Mandragora Root.
2: <laughs> well, every time I bought one, I did hear like that high-pitched squeal in my head. And I yep. was like, I don't know if I can keep playing this game because this is going Yeah. Is
3: said Mandrake or Mandragora.
1: That's all I can hear. Nailed it. Read. Yeah. All I know is I think Trace just licked his brush before he spoke, and it was awesome.
3: Yep. It did.
0: Fresh <laughs> nice. liquor. Cool. So I, I guess it's me. Um, so played in the um, the the Underworlds meetup at the Gamers Geek and Tavern, uh, and that was a lot of fun. Um, been playing uh, a little bit of Underworlds, and uh, and that's about it as far as kind of miniatures games are concerned. Uh, my son has happened to find a classmate slash bus friend who has a bunch of pokemon cards and his friend just gave him some cards and now they just trade them back and forth on the bus i guess i don't
2: It's like that episode of beavis and ButtHead with the candies do you ever see that yes yes yeah and they just have like one dollar in the box of candies and they give the dollar back and forth right yeah it's like oh great we sold all the candy so um
0: (laughs) yeah because like yeah so randomly one day uh, like at the very beginning of the year, my son comes home and he has got like a, like a binder sleeve with, with like 12 Pokemon cards in it. And I'm like, where did these come from? Like, is my son beating up other kids and taking their Pokemon cards or, um, so anyway, so he has these Pokemon cards. He's interested in them. Like he's like legit reading now. Um, and so he had like a really good week behavior wise at school um, and so I went and got like just the cheapo, like two starter deck introduction to Pokemon the card game set, and uh, and we've been playing it and and a lot. It's and, fun. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean there's there's a lot to it, and I like I'm playing it with them, and it's been awesome because. Like this, it came with like fold out play mats and it has all the steps there. And I just remind him, I'm like, he's like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, you have the steps in front of you. So you just read them. And then he reads them, which is like blowing my mind because here's this tiny human being that until (laughs)
2: like
0: three months ago could not read, (laughs) could not read. And now he is like, you know, uh, remove one energy from this Pokemon when you attack. And I'm like, you how do you even, I don't even understand that. Like, it's amazing. But it also means that I am playing, like, Pokemon with my son.
2: Hell yeah. And they do a Uh, really great job with those starter, like, combat boxes. Yeah. Because you don't even shuffle the deck. Like, it's laid out in a way where it's like, this is going to kind of work you through the challenges and processes of how this game is going to work. And it, like, it's great. I think they really do a good job of making that game accessible for people. Yeah.
0: And now, like, we played through the deck stock. And so now we shuffle them and we're, like, legit 50 50 on <laughs> wins just because of, like, the card draws and stuff. And I'm like, oh, great. I drew one basic Pokemon and then six energies. Well, I guess. Oh, <laughs> and my son, oh, he drew into, you know, like his, you know, legendary Pokemon on the first draw. And so. He attacks and I die and I'm out of Pokemon. So my son wins in like three turns. Um, (laughs) But I mean, that's the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. Uh, But it's been fun. It's been cool. And, you know, he showed interest in other games. Um, We bought the game Dragonwood, which was recommended to us by Max back at Nova. Um, And it was out of stock from the distributors for a long time. So finally got a copy of it in and, uh, I I thought that it would be simple enough and interesting enough with all of the art on the cards um, to keep my children entertained, and that was not the case. So it devolved into my wife and I playing against each other, and she (laughs) thrashed me soundly. Um, But for anyone who hasn't heard of Dragonwood, um, the idea is that um, you're basically – it's like – it plays like – Uh, Almost like Rummy. So you're drawing cards, you're trying to build sets, and whenever you get a set, you can try to fight a monster to get points. And the way that you fight the monsters, you roll a number of dice based on how many cards are in your set. And your set could be cards of the same color, cards of the same number, or cards in a row. Um, And so you go through that, and then the idea is to get through the forest to defeat all the monsters until you get the dragons and defeat the dragons. And then once both dragons are defeated, then the game is over and whoever has the most points wins um so it's a lot of fun it's pretty simple it's pretty cool because like i can get my five-year-old to do some basic math to add up the dice um but uh but yeah so that's fun um and then hobby wise um i am almost done painting the uh bone reaper half of the feast of bones from our christmas painting challenge that's turning into the end of January challenge so the only thing that I have left is Um, so everything else is done so I'll try to get some decent pictures of what I've got painted so far up soon um, I am reading through Garrow. so I finished Flight of the Eisenstein and got Garrow for Christmas and I'm reading through that and um, nice I, to be on the complete flip side of where we are in the story now um, Garrow is set like right at the very beginning of the heresy, uh, and it's been interesting to see like just how insidious the threat of Horus was like the fact that he had agents and influence like at Terra mm-hmm. throughout the heresy. Like, I just have not read that much of it and I had no idea. Um, so that's been cool. And then I picked up the psychic awakening ritual of the damned, pretty excited about that content wise, just because of the new rules for the gray knights. Um, You know, I'm not going to sit here and do a full review here, um, but I I feel like they have added some things to the Grey Knights that will make them play more like the Grey Knights have played historically. So they have, you know, rules now where they can get, you know, minus one to hit when they're in cover or their smites are more potent. Um, And then just some new stratagems that, you know, are thematic and interesting. Um, So it's kind of got me on an itch to maybe paint some of the unpainted Grey Knights um, that I still have sitting around, um, and then but story-wise, um, unfortunately, you know it's more of the same. So they kind of dig into um, kind of the bad blood that's between the Grey Knights and the Dark Angels. So back in the the fall of Fenris, whatever that book series was called, whenever Magnus was released, Wrath of Magnus, Wrath of Magnus, the there was some bad blood between the Dark Angels and the Grey Knights because the Grey Knights basically had to infiltrate the rock to purge it from the demons that had come into being. and Get it, like, Changeling. Yeah, right. And, you know, the Dark Angels aren't big fans of non-Dark Angels being on the rock because secrets. So Just stay away. Right? Well, and it's probably for the best anyway. But that was cool to... To hear them or to read about them diving, you know, into that bad blood a little bit, but um, I won't spoil it. But we'll su- suffice it to say that the the pattern of nothing well, happens. Yes, the pattern of, <laughs> of of the status quo being maintained.
2: Sprinting to stand still.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, you know, it's
1: fine. You know what one comment on dragonwood like because you just like kind of i have to jump back because you just got to roll sorry um i found with emma because like if you play like the way the game's laid out it's there's a lot of cards like there's a lot of enemies and potions that you have to kind of go through to get to the dragons sure like i just cut it down to nine cards
0: oh that's not a bad idea
1: and it seems it's still like a longer play but it seem to help keep her interest because then the dragons come up and she can kind of work through trying to get the dragon. So,
0: well, that's a good idea. Nice pro tips. Sweet.
1: So, and I am very disappointed to hear that this story. So like as a dark angel lover, not a player anymore because they're basically retired for me. Yeah, pretty much no I'm I'm playing for a new faction that likes to just slaughter the incident, innocent <laughs> so
2: um,
1: so would you say it's worth the buy for the story alone or no. you, the rules are the sub substance there
0: no it's really about the rules yeah the the plot is not yeah I would not buy it just for the plot
1: but you're happy with the grainite Knight portion
0: I mean you you mean like rules wise yes. I mean, yeah, it seems cool on paper. I think there's some meat there that hasn't been there before. So, And obviously, if you are a Dark Angels player, you want to pick it up too, because it, it brings them in line with the way that the other Space Marine armies play. Not necessarily to the same level, but um, definitely in line with the doctrines and the super doctrines and you know, all of those super cool factions and chaplains getting litanies and all that stuff, so...
1: Sweet
0: Yeah So um, Painting ogres Yep Playing board games Yeah. Doing a whole lot
2: (laughs) Doing all the things
0: Doing all the things And then uh, doing a little bit So uh, yeah I think that covers us for what we've been up to So we'll take a break here And then when we get back uh, We'll go over the LVO Warhammer preview
1: All right, high rollers. We're back to talk about the LVO preview event. And there is a lot, a lot of cool stuff coming out that I know is really tickling the fancy of everyone on this podcast. So, LVO taking place this weekend as we record. The preview event was on wonderful Thursday night at like midnight. Midnight. Yep. And I know there was two of us that were still up, so...
2: <laughs> yep. I was uh, actually close. I, I went to bed at like 11.30 that night. Get out of here. I thought about it. I was like, I can stay up. Did, it, it was raid night. I had no choice. Oh,
1: oh, oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. It doesn't turn into a, into a pumpkin on raid night, just on just, every... Dude, day. if you heard me on comms, yeah, I turned into a pumpkin, believe
2: me.
0: I was <laughs> That's ready to funny. go. <laughs> I, I actually managed to stay up for it. So. Can we just pull this mob, for God's sakes?
2: <laughs> oh. No, they kept, they, We wiped on the boss at like 10.58. Raid's supposed to end at 11. I was like, let's go again. Let's go again. And they did it like three more times. I was like, bros, we're not going to do this. And we got Thursday. <laughs> like, let's just go to sleep and call it. I was cranky. Very yeah, cranky. Like, cranky. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And it's like an eight minute. You know, it's first week of the raid. So every fight is like eight minutes. And it's like, ah, oh, we're going to do this again. Are we really going to do this again? Come on. <laughs> I
3: digress. So I anyway, anyway miss Tr- and don't miss those days.
1: <laughs> so Trace and I were still awake for the the lovely, lovely witching hour, and the first thing they drop on us is yet yeah, a new, you know, psychic awakening rages on. But it is adeptus mechanicus, and Trace, you own this army, and what, these horse things. What, what's your thoughts, man? Like, I wild think they're west. amazing.
3: <laughs> I think they're amazing models. Um, they really kind of lean into a vibe that I feel has kind of been a little bit present. They just kind of pushed it a little further. So you have these Guitari that are basically desperados riding mechanical horses, um, which I just think is really cool. Um, and the the aesthetic really reminds me of the Will Smith Wild Wild West movies.
2: Yeah. Um, they do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just was never expecting that in our Lord's year twenty twenty we'd hear somebody bring that up as like a good thing.
3: <laughs> well, I'm just saying like you know, it I'm not saying it was a good movie, but some of this <laughs> like this the whole steampunk aesthetic I think is just kind of um it's kind of a missed opportunity in the forty K universe because it, it's obscure and weird, which is what the admec are anyway. Um so I just think it, like it, if there was any army that it was going to work for, it would be them. Um, but yeah, the horses, and then you also have the, the, uh, uh, like the the ish kind of skitari, um, which I think are really interesting as well. That go with the copter which Danny absolutely does not like. Um, so, yeah. difference in aesthetic tastes here which is fine um yeah. like i just think it's a i think it's a cool idea and some of those poses they're really dynamic the especially the yeah. horse riders the um,
1: horse rider with the double like
0: pistols, like, like, like yeah it's super yeah. so cool <laughs> super cool um, and and then the alt version is like fast. they're like dogs with flamer faces yeah which is yeah
2: which you know what danny loves that like, give me yeah. more flamers, <laughs> and I'm happy about
3: it. Yeah, it's a it's a flamer face horse. McKenna horse thing. <laughs> anyway, it's cool. Yeah.
1: Very, be, very they're, cool. They're Sherby's Raiders, right? Is that... I don't know if I'm saying that ser, right. Ser, ser, Cerberus. Cerberus? Cerberus. Yeah. Cerberus. Sherber, Sherbert Raiders. Sherbert Raiders. Because <laughs> they can't
3: spell anything appropriately. They have to put Ys in places that I's are and all that stuff, so... But yeah, the Cerberus the Cerberus Raiders are um they're really cool.
1: I'm excited and I'm not to even to and I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce the the bat wings like the petraxy.
3: The, the terraxy. Just think ter, ter like pterodactyl Thera,
1: or
0: pterodactyl. Yeah. yeah. Pteranodon. Pteranodon. But, Pteranodon.
1: The reason I like them is just the two, there's two reasons, right? So like I like that weird gyrocopter with the wings and stuff yep. and the, the this solidifies the look of the army yep. and the other thing is that just the cool factor of gw going to an army that was a new range right like so this was a new range a few years ago um lovely range but there was some gaps in play styles and it really mm-hmm. seems like they're trying to address those gaps by keeping the the, um, the aesthetic of the army just all the way through. And, the, the, you know, the, the foresight and thought is is great. And I'm super excited, although scared, because with all those flamers, like, every unit they've introduced, it's like, oh, here's a flamer.
2: Here's a flamer I'm, I'm just gonna and another jump. flamer. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I'll say this. Like, I I don't really like the flying thing, and I don't like the gargoyles. And, I'll, and I figured out what it is. It's because I think the wings don't like they don't look they look like they're made out of cloth and i was like how do that, how is that going to survive and it doesn't look like 40k to me but i will say this and i mean this honestly i'm really excited i have nothing but respect for the fact that 40k kind of the designers kind of took a step way out of their normal wheelhouse yep. and was like screw it we're going to do something kind of wacky and it's either going to hit some people or it's yep. not and i like that i think that's a good thing i think it's a better it's better for the game to do that it's just not nah. for me
3: the story yeah. may be stale, but the models are hot and fresh. Yeah. Uh, the right.
2: models, best models in the game, like by like the game meeting, uh, the tabletop war game game. Like it's yeah. unbelievable how much better their models are no. than anybody else's. Well,
0: and I like to think of it like this: I think that it, some, somewhere on Mars, someone has found a digitized version of Da Vinci's journals, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, this <laughs> yep. looks like this, this will work. work. Sure, <laughs> this is, yes, sure. Yeah. This is an ancient SGC."
3: It's an STC pattern. like yeah. It's just an old it one. It has to like, be.
0: Look how old it is. There's no way this isn't an STC. <laughs> <laughs> Cloth wings.
2: Cotton. We got cotton in the 40 person on
3: yeah. For the record, I would not paint them as cotton wings because I think that that does kind of cheapen them a little bit. But um,
0: like they're, they're very cool. Some pro somewhere is going to hand paint them as like carbon fiber weave.
2: Yeah. Or yeah. like some kind of weird, like multi media kind of thing. It's going to be, Yeah,
0: it's, it'll it's, be awesome.
2: The big flat space, people will do stuff with it.
0: Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. And I also love the way that they roll these out too, because they basically, if nobody's seen the video, the yes. video is basically uh, them saying like, it's, it's <laughs> imagine if you're three year old or sitting in the room with you and said, Daddy, 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 daddy. And just no. over and over and over and over and over again. And then finally you go, what? Yeah, it's like, awesome. It's essentially the same thing, but it's the Adeptus Mechanicus Did you watch
2: this one, though? This one, is it's a little spin on it. Yeah. So, like, they're, they, the guy's like, hey. And the guy's like, we know you're going to request stuff, so we Here already gave it to you. Don't yeah. even ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just be quiet. Here's your Pop-Tart. Shut up. <laughs> But anyway, so I'm I'm excited for those. Um, I I think there's going to be a lot of really cool conversions too um, with third party bits that people are going to do. I actually think that these would be absolutely excellent um, as crossovers into a Cities of Sigmar army to be pistoliers. Um, Oh, like a mechanical, like yeah. Uh, not, the, not the flamer horses but they're uh, ones that have a more traditional looking face yeah um with you know some just steam different, tanks and yeah gyro I think really, and really cool I think you'll see some people that'll lean into that pretty heavy so I'm okay, excited cool. to see what people do with them conversion wise
1: cool idea Sweet. uh you know the other the other part of this was an, the psychic awakening so obviously Adeptus Titanic, adeptus, Titanic, adeptus mechanicus. Uh, Knights Chaos Knights and uh, Demons of Chaos being rolled into another book uh, for that for me I'm just I want to see what model like because typically they offer a single model I just wonder what single model will be or maybe they won't because there's such a big range coming out with with the Adeptus Mechanicus so interest to see see what they do there um, I am
3: interested to see what the demons are because they're like my bridge faction that go yep. from Mage of Sigmar to 40k. So I'm interested to see what rules updates they do there. Because demons are already pretty solid as it is. Um, so I'm curious what... I'm sure there will be some kind of new psychic lore or whatever that will come out for each deity. Which will be interesting.
2: So 2 plus re-rollable invulnerable. Kick yes. it back. Bring back, seventh.
0: back. Bring back 7th.
2: Bring back 7th. Just kidding.
1: On,
0: on,
2: mm. on 2 dice.
0: On two dice, yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the next little teaser was the orc uh, teaser, and I'm a little confused. Maybe Danny can help me out. He's this, like, there's this huge power claw, and then it's like it looks like this, you know, big custom backpack, and then it's a little grot, and I don't understand how all that stuff fits on him. And
0: it's
2: <laughs> cool looking, but on the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. Physics need not apply. That's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we're really excited about the new Makari. I thought he was dead.
2: <laughs>
0: Damn, I love he's... this.
2: I love that you guys are just you're, you're just skirting around this. You know, we're not going to talk about the elephant in the room about my genius. We're just going to talk about the little grot. That's fine.
0: Well, that's what they revealed. What else? What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't
1: understand. Like, where? How does that little grot carry that huge
2: skull on his shoulder? It's not. <laughs> So I guess great I guess, skill and courage, Jason. Guess, I guess we
0: courage. have to give credit where credit is due. So good Danny, give me it. Good job, Jason. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on winning Shade Glass or Amber Bones, Trace. Good job. Oh,
1: thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> Danny no, also,
1: called it. Yeah, Danny called it, and it is what like some just boss, right? It's
2: Gasgul who's like the orc boss. Oh, okay. He is, he's like the orc abbot, and and I'm super psyched because oh
0: my gosh, he looks huge, he
2: looks huge. and which that's what he needed to be. Like in yeah. the lore, he's supposed to be unbelievably gigantic because you know like orcs just get bigger and bigger, and they stop growing basically when they die, and they get bigger the more they kill, more or less. And this and, guy is like the guy, and, and so he's I'm been psyched.
0: he's been winning since the. Third war for Armageddon? Yeah, like he just no, doesn't stop. Which in the timeline is like 250 years now? Yep.
3: Something like that.
0: Yeah. He should be massive. He needs to be on the They're same scale as Abaddon and, and Gilliman. I think he'll be yeah. the size
3: of a dreadnought, honestly.
0: Yeah, like I think a he's gonna be redemptor, really you mean?
1: But it But is it not... Alright, so if they do that, will it not throw the rest of the
2: range completely off? No, no, he should be that much bigger. And also, like if you think about some of the new orc miniatures, like the um, the mech boys and stuff, like they're pretty pretty gnarly big models too. Yeah. Um, they're like the size of a centurion, so it'll it'll work.
0: Yeah, like the new mega, the plastic mega armor knobs. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. and like they're the flash kits are all really big. Yeah. Like the little, and it makes sense because in orc lore, that's why like the basic warriors should be the smallest ones because the bigger and better you get the the more fancy stuff you get
3: yeah if you're big enough to be a boss you're big enough to not look like those guys yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> but i'm super psyched for that model because i don't play orcs or anything but i've always i have a really soft spot for orcs in fantasy lore in general um and so i've always been kind of disappointed with 40k orcs on the tabletop like model wise and i really liked them but since they've kind of started reworking a lot of those miniatures over the last like three, four years. Those kits have been really cool.
3: Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree for sure.
2: Well, cool. That,
1: that closes the 40 K preview and we move into the age of Sigmar and, uh, guys, you know, in the opening, I said, I bought into slaves of darkness and I may have made a mistake.
3: Did because... you say stick? Yeah.
1: <laughs> This, uh, this new range of pointy-eared fellas, looking nice. I mean, Jared, you love the pointy ears. What do you think of these new Aeolibs?
0: Elves? Well, if, if you had read uh, the recent White Dwarf, you would know that it's pronounced Elves.
1: Oh, oh, I'm sorry.
0: Um, yeah, so days. the Lumineth Realm Lords, these are the elves that uh, are under Teclis' rule, coming from Hish, which is the Realm of Light. Um, And, I mean, the sculpts are just absolutely incredible. Um, I've never been one to, like, want to play the elf factions in, like, Age of Sigmar or Fantasy. I had an Eldar army. It was the first army I ever bought. um, But quickly moved from the Eldar to kind of split between Tyranid and Grey Knights. And then they were just never a huge draw. Like, I've appreciated the models. um, But, you know... I can't deny like these are just incredible looking and it looks like it's going to be a pretty, a pretty robust line of models. Um, I think the only thing that I have to say personally is that I cannot deny the talent um, and the artistry of the sculpt of Teclis. But this is this is probably one of the few instances where the pose of the model is enough to kind of push me off of it.
1: So have so, you seen the, the 360 views yet? Or, yeah, or in the video.
2: It looks better in the video.
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks good. But, I mean, I think I think the thing is that I had a, an image in my head based on the artwork where Taklas is like kind of – he's clearly like moving forward like in a very aggressive – I mean, it's like a – it's still like a, a lofty flight mode, obviously. But it's a very aggressive like pose. Yeah. And then the, the pose on, on the model is is a lot more passive. So I mean
2: it's like Magneto.
0: Yeah. I mean it's still super cool. Like it's still a super cool model, but it's one where like the pose just kind of makes me go, eh. And,
1: yeah, I, I I would agree and I see where you're coming from. Like his arms stretched kind of like up like that. Definitely. I was like, uh I don't know. When I saw the the side view like, the way his cape is, his body is actually tilted forward. So there is some forward motion to him. But he yeah. is very, very flat. And the only other complaint I would have on, on the model is that whatever the beast is that he's jumping off of, it looks very similar to the Stormcast beast. So... Um, the Torlon. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, with the big feathered wings and all that stuff.
1: Yes, but... I think that this model is going to be massive and I just, I really appreciate the Age of Sigmar models going like every army has this just like massive main character centerpiece. I just
3: love that th- how over the top some of the models get with them. Um, it just really leans into that high fantasy kind of style, which is really
1: awesome. I think that best model previewed was the one that you fell in love with Trace. The the armor.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. The armor? Yeah, um, it's great. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. It's great. Because he, I don't know, if I'm about to get a little bit lore, lore crazy on y'all. So, for those who do not know, Eltharion was one of the princes in the high elf army <clears throat> in the old world. And Eltharian had some bad stuff happen to you where had bad had bad stuff happen to him where Malekith actually took his eyes as torture. So this is the only model, one of the only models from the old the old world that actually saw an update in their model based on rules or based on like lore, right? So now he's not transcended through to the new world to you know the mortal realms um but he's like his soul apparently went through it went with it and Teclas basically has reanimated his soul but didn't give him a body like it made him a hollow suit of armor like it's kind of a dick move a little yeah, bit yeah Teclas is a jerk but uh but it I mean I, I guess in this way like he can never truly be killed again which is kind of a cool take on it um But Eletharian was always a very cool character of high elf lore in in the old world. So it's kind of for those lore lore nerds out there.
1: I mean, for me, like Danny touched on it with the 40K models and and the um, uh, Gerzag coming out. Gazgul. Gazgul. Yeah, you know, know, my mind is melding here tonight. But uh, the... um, The ability for these designers to make a model with no body in it, like it's just floating armor, is it is amazing. I can't wait to see it in person.
3: Also, can we talk about how big that model is? Because it is deceptively large. If you look at the tufts and stuff on the base, like he's probably the size of like Celeste or a Primark. He's not on a like Thirty-two mil or a 40 mil base he's on a big base like he, it's at least a 50 mil
2: so yeah. uh, that's awesome yeah well as the guy who just confessed his love for orcs the elf stuff was not doing it for me personally so <laughs> you guys are having a complete nerd like gasm over this i was like i'm gonna sit in the corner and just let them have fun because it's yeah. not not for me um I think they are incredibly well done, and I do think like the like technological feat of creating that ghost armor guy is pretty yeah, it's pretty awesome. mind bending. But uh, it's like nah, that's a range that I don't need to collect. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: See, I I think it looks for me, and the reason why I was like, oh, I made a mistake, is not not so much the two characters. Is one there's still more of the range to leaked right they're doing like a sister style event with it but the spearmen and the, the cavalry are they're like so grounded in historic looking um, armies you know with the shields and the spears and the big plumes off their helmets like I'm just like oh that looks so cool but
2: anyway but it looks like elves so screw it it does it does Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the other big release or big spoil uh, was a new battle tome, which may make one of our people go to three armies in the Age of Sigmar. So it was like dinosaurs or something.
0: No, no. <laughs> Unless they do something crazy, like they give all Saurus warriors and Saurus Guard two wounds, it's not going to happen. Because I, you know, this is but it. Might um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it really might happen?
1: So Seraphon is Jared's love
0: in Age. Uh, of Sig- I mean. It's dinosaurs riding dinosaurs. I don't I don't understand why it's not everyone's favorite army. Uh, so it sounds like
2: you have to be 18 to Yeah, like, I was
0: go just, to just gonna
1: say like I know what his Google search looks like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? More of this? This is this is not what I wanted.
1: So what do you what do you think I about the two wounds, not this thing.
0: That's right.
1: What do you think about the monolith that they're gonna get I mean, them?
0: that thing's awesome. The ziggurat or or temple or whatever. Yeah. No, I mean that's super cool. And it may be worth purchasing just to own as a piece of terrain. Um But yeah. No, I don't I mean it's I mean, we talked about this when I sold the the Seraphon if they they don't play the way that I want them to play. And I can't imagine them making such a drastic change to the battle tone that they would play in a way that they used to back in the old world.
2: And that's okay.
3: I will raise you your doubt and give you a slaves to darkness army.
0: (laughs) I don't understand what like if I I get your army if
3: no I'm just saying. They were bad, and now they're good.
0: <laughs> oh, fair. Yeah, but it's not like the Seraphon are bad. Like It's not like mechanically they don't work.
3: Yeah, I think they're going to get really far away from all that summoning
0: shenanigans, though. Yeah. Make well, them more balanced, if I had well, to guess. Well, then, then I might be in trouble. <laughs>
1: then we will see. We'll see. So moving on from there, staying in the age of Sigmar realm, we get a big announcement for Warhammer Underworlds Beastgrave, in the form of the next warband and a Nurgle three-person warband: Worm Spat. I guess the Rotbringer. The people. Worm Spat. Yeah. No
0: worm Spat. Fecula. Fecula Flyblown. And is that it's Fecula? Is Are that a sorceress? That?
3: Yeah, yeah, she's she's a girl, <laughs>
0: <laughs> lady. Yeah, she's
3: she's she's super super thick, she's super thick. Three um, yeah. <laughs> um, this is a really cool looking Warband. Um, yeah. And, you know, like all of the Nurgle models. If the Nurgle model aesthetic appeals to you, these models just lean into that super hard, and they're awesome. Um, some people are turned off by it. I mean, as you probably should be as a, as a sane human being. Um, but I think it's going to be a really. I have no idea how they're going to play, but it's one of those war bands where you're like, I don't care wh- how it plays. I just want to play it because I like the models and I like the war. Yeah. So um, excited to see what they have up there. Dirty, pus-filled sleeves.
1: Yeah. They, for you especially trace you're gonna have to make some really hard decisions here because i know that you like man trapper because he's an orc or an he's, orc, what? A, he's an ogre man i'm just killing it tonight he's an ogre right so you have that army plus like he looks he looks very similar to malog which you like to play but then yeah. now they're leaning into uh nurgle and you know the she looks like a wizard and you like to play Nurgle and you like spells Yeah. what are you going to do
3: well I mean everybody seems to be flirting with two lists like pretty consistent this season anyway so nothing to say that I can't lean into both so true True at the same time
2: I think it's pretty cool that they uh, like Nurgle isn't what I would have thought of with the whole realm of beasts but they do enough cool little cues in the models to kind of help tie it like with her horn headdress and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, like that's kind of a yeah. neat way to pull that into that world. I thought that was a clever design choice. They gave her a cat looking thing, so that's like a choice,
1: right?
3: Yeah, sure. <laughs> what is it called? It's a uh, retchling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about to make me retchling. It. <laughs> It it looks like a kitty cat with a slightly human face
2: ish yeah. kind of. It's weird. It reminds me of the Gyrinx, but like Twisted. Diseased. It's yeah. faintly
3: <laughs> resemblant of what my mind interpreted happened in um, spoilers. In um Oh what's the Hunger Games. Did you guys read the Hunger Games? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, the Chimeras. Yeah,
0: that's like kind the dog of what gorilla are, things. The, the dogs
3: that turned that were made from people like that is kind of where my mind went is this thing a little bit because <laughs> I remember it is I remember very distinctly reading like when she looked at some of their eyes like it, yeah you could tell that they were human beings that they weren't animal eyes they were human being eyes so yeah. that's kind of what it so anybody who's read those books that that's kind of what we're thinking (laughs) yeah it's pretty twisted
1: yeah Yeah, and i'm i'm really interested to see how they bring the nurgle like real toughness into Underworlds. like what yeah they go they all five wounds do they have like really great defensive roles like i'm really curious to see how they bring that in there so uh i'm sure we'll talk about that more in the weeks to come the the next reveal was for our beloved blackstone fortress and they're bringing back uh, an old faction. I'm not really familiar with that faction or type of character, but a Zoke. Zoke, 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 Zoke. Zoke. So fill me in Zoke, here, guys. Zoke. It looks cool, but what the heck is that? Uh,
3: It's if...
2: um. It's a 40K Croc. Cro-
3: Killer Croc? <laughs> if Killer Croc was a
0: 40K character. Yeah. And was a herald of Tyranid Fleets.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, this is cool.
0: If Killer ah. Croc
3: crossed the comic book Rubi- Rubicon and became a Marvel <laughs> character for the brood, that's what happened. Oh, there yeah, we go. Yeah,
2: there it nice. is. There's a lot of brood references in that model, I think. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> just, a,
0: just all the nerd references. There you go. <laughs> I say, say
2: something. Oh, yeah, like for me... I mean, I wouldn't be able to give you too much information about it, so, and I know that I kind of end up uh, waxing poetic about Blackstone Fortress more than most, but something that I really love about what they've been doing with Blackstone Fortress is they're using it as a vector point for a lot of these kind of like side ideas from mm-hmm. old books, and so my one of my very first introductions to the Warhammer 40K universe was the third edition rule book and, I'm, and i still remember to this day on one of the pages there's a pencil sketch of like all of these aliens like uh, the Herud and, and the yeah Zot. the, yeah, the Zote, and there's like this like weird little kind of like rat thing that looks like a cousin it collapsed on itself and then had like bone fingers and yeah. uh, i think there's a crute <laughs> on there and stuff and like mm. and i just think it's like i remember looking at that and it kind of the only thing i can think of now which obviously i didn't see until later in life is that kind of the like Guardians of the Galaxy kind of uh, lineup picture, you know, where they're all up against the, mm-hmm. the prison wall, yeah. and it's like it was kind of the same idea for 40k. Where it was like here's a bunch of bad guys that like are out there that we don't really know what to do with, but you should know they're there. And I'm a big fan of having like a little bit of mystery in the world, yeah. and so I always that has stuck with me. And so now like every now and then, Blacksmith Fortress is like, hey, remember that cool little sketch we did, you know, 15, 20 years ago? Here's a model of it, yeah. and here's a way to play yeah. with it. And we're not no, going to blow cool. it up, and we're not going to completely like take away the mystery. We're just going to give you that drawing made 3D and let you yeah. run with it. Yeah, I think that's awesome.
0: Well, and it's yeah, cool it's too to cool see cool them idea. like refresh old sculpts because there was an old Zote model,
2: and it's yeah, and it looks almost like that. Like,
0: yeah, um, but you know they did the same thing with the Amble. Like there, yeah. there was the yeah, old Amble, the Amble model, something. and uh, yeah, and then. And now there's the new Amble, and the new Amble is way better looking than the old one. And so it'll just be interesting to see them continue to do that, to explore, you know, pieces of factions as the Blackstone Fortress folds in upon itself and opens gates to new and exciting dimensions of terrible (laughs) awesomeness.
1: (laughs) I like his power fist. I think it's pretty cool, so... Yeah, I'm going to
0: buy that model and chop that power fist off and put it on a Primaris Marine.
1: You, <laughs> you, you enjoy that. I'm excited to go up against them. We'll eventually get to that campaign, but uh, really cool that they're still supporting that game and, and like you guys said, bringing lore back in. Uh, the next piece that, that came up was, and I'm excited to kind of see what, what they're going to do. Not a whole lot of comments on it, but they're redoing the Forge World Indexes which what I would assume would be like Imperial armor updates. So yep. um, really, really cool to see that Forge World getting back in to writing rules and, and updating books. And they're definitely teasing it with a you know wonderful picture of a question mark and saying that the, the Forge World indexes will be disappearing. So <laughs>
2: um,
1: cool thing there. Uh, and then last for, for us, kind of... You know, the big reveal or tease was an a- the animated series Angels of Death. Um, I'm excited. Like, I think the more that we get out there with media uh, or different forms of entertainment for 40K we'll, it, or any type of GW um, property is good. But love to get your guys' thoughts on um, what you think this uh, animated series is going to bring us. I mean, Danny, you, you down down for this red... <laughs>
2: Red of Death. So, like, I... Uh, let me let me take you on my emotional journey on this entire thing. Is I am really skeptical of uh, the expansion of Warhammer 40k universe into different media. Um, I think that the story writers have shown us many times that they're very capable of writing really cool and really engaging stories. But they've also shown us their ability to write really bland and uninspired and kind of uh, pointless stories. And I think inherently this kind of media in the sense of like tabletop gaming and this kind of grim, dark future of the 41st millennium is kind of niche. Like, yeah, there's stories that everybody could relate to, but to even get to them, like you kind of have to want to get there. And so I'm a little skeptical about how this will reach uh, people, I think they have these grand plan- plans, like they released the, the Warhammer ident the other day, and that's really cool. Like it's super cool for a nerd like me that already likes it. But I'm not necessarily convinced that it's going to like rope people in and be like, oh, I never heard of this. And I watched Angel of Death on Netflix, and now I'm going to go buy the models. And that's – but that's just my personal skepticism on it. But I will say this. When they showed the video this week, I was like, damn, that looks – really good like it looks way better than i expected it was going to i will say uh the voice acting is not the world's greatest and that could be painful at times but i thought visually it is stunning like i think this cool like sin city-esque like black and gray with splashes of red is super powerful and super poignant and i think i think it looks awesome um but i am cautiously optimistic as to what the actual product itself will will be like. Trace, you got different thoughts?
3: Um I I'm in line with a lot of what Danny just said. Um my main differing opinions are <clears throat> that a lot of people are aware of the forty K universe but don't really know about it. Um and I think this may be those things that kind of be like, oh, that's what that's about? That's really cool. Um, that may bring some people crossing over into the game realm. Um, not disagreeing with you. I'm just yeah. saying like, I think that that's, you may have some of these fringe people who are not necessarily fans that know of the genre, know of the, the realm of, uh, of what we love. But um, this may be the kick that gives them
2: yeah i don't disagree with that either i just think it's i think it's a lot harder than people give it credit for like oh yeah yeah, yeah. for company like dc which has beloved characters and they still are struggling to get anything that can really other than joker obviously it was amazing everybody loves joker but like their movies have been struggling and people know what that is and so if you don't put a product on the table that is really good people have so many other options of things to do and other ways to consume media that like it makes me nervous it's like how much time money and effort is gw going to put into this and if it doesn't work like what what does that mean you know yeah
3: agreed um i think the thing that probably we should the lens we should look at this through is that In all things, GW is trying to sell you something. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: So I don't necessarily think these are going to be like. I don't think they're going to win like whatever awards there would be for you know shows wherever these are going to be. If they're on Netflix, like they would obviously go to like all the big the big shows. But like, I don't think the goal is to be Academy Award winning. I think it's more of make people more aware of the universe so that they'll come by our shit. Mm-hmm. Um, is kind of where I'm leaning and people, you know, we're all going to be watching it because we love the universe. So they've already got us, but to all these, like the, uh, for example, perfect, perfect, like analogy, right? Did any of you watch the Witcher? Yes. So, I can guarantee you that after that show came out, book sales for The Witcher went up, and also video game sales for the for The Witcher went up. So, mm, yep. I think that's kind of my from a marketing standpoint, just a broader broader cast net. Even if it's just to get like a starter set, like that's still lining GW's pocket, right? So I think that that's kind of the lens we need to kind of approach it from. And if it's better than that, then we're all pleasantly surprised.
2: Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to really. I think you and I have very different philosophies on this. Like, I don't think that they're trying to win an accounting award either. I just think it's The Witcher was really good. It like, was really the good. Product, the product has to be really good that's my concern like i don't really care how many models dw sells it's just it has to be really good otherwise it's going to be a waste of money yeah yeah Yeah,
1: i agree with that i agree with that it's a it's a really good point because gw over its history has taken kind of two paths with the the additional media right whether it's been video games or animated movies movies like you name it they've they've done it and at times, they're very selective, and they're like, no, we're only giving our license to top-notch products. And then at other times, especially in the video game industry, they're like, the more the merrier. Whoever wants to pay for the license, we're going to do it. So I hope that they are very selective, and, and all of this content is is A-plus to bring more people in.
2: So. Yeah. And they're going to have to do a lot of hand-holding, which is tough, too, because... like. If they are trying to reach people that aren't already invested in forty K, like that's like you have to build a lot of world. Like you have to build a lot of right. story and you have to build a lot of things to make any of it make sense. Agreed. Like they, they just gotta do it. They gotta they gotta stick the landing. And the pictures look great and the moving pictures look great and the talkies sound okay. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think what I think the voice acting in those is actually just the uh, like the the people who do the audiobooks. I think maybe for like an early, just like an early release, kind of video. I don't think that that would be the final; those will be the final people to do those.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that that's a good point. It could very well be, but I'll... they put in front of me. But...
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm just just saying, like, because I recognize several of those because I listen to a lot of the audiobooks and my commute and i was able to pick out several that were pretty pretty common so
0: Hmm.
1: well we shall see Uh, that pretty much wraps up the preview event a lot of great content gw definitely keeping us on our toes uh in our wallets thin so with that guys we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back with the outro
0: And we're back, and that'll round us out. So uh, thanks again, everyone, for um, listening, uh, joining us as we continue our journey. Um, did someone just die?
2: No, my sleeve got caught on my my chair. Oh, are,
0: are you okay?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. The okay. sleeve, I don't know if that's okay, but I can't really yeah. talk to it. so C- Cut it off.
0: <laughs> um, Amputate. Yeah, get rid of that sleeve. Um, yeah, so uh, this will wrap us up for uh, for episode twenty, uh, kind of the start of I guess what we're going to call the second season, moving into uh, towards Nova twenty twenty. Um, yeah, so if you have any comments or questions, if there's something that you would like to hear us talk about, uh, you know, give us a comment. You can reach out. We're uh, on Facebook, Battle Mallet Podcast. We're on Twitter, Battle Mallet. One, we're on Instagram, Battle Mallet Podcast. Uh, so yeah, so reach out, you know, give us some feedback, find some comments, comment on our photos, like some stuff. Uh, you know, we'll we'll say the the needful of if you like what you're hearing and you want uh, other people to be able to find it through the quote algorithms end quote, you can give us reviews, stars on Facebook, iTunes, uh, whatever listening platform you're using, uh, and we would appreciate that. Uh, but I think that's it. We don't have any super upcoming events.
1: No, we're still waiting for, uh, to lock down the Underworlds tournament at uh, Atomic. Um, there is uh, the end of next month a Underworlds tournament at the GW store in Fayetteville, and um, yeah, I think that's
0: I think that's, that's it. it. So it's, yeah. So as other things come up as they get closer, you know, we'll we'll post about them. We'll announce them here. Uh, yeah so that's it that'll wrap us up so for the Battle Mallet podcast uh, we are three dads and a cautious optimist (laughs) this is Jared signing out only way to live this is (laughs) Trey signing out
2: Danny being cautiously optimistic on this sign out (laughs) it (laughs) might be good but I'm not sure (laughs) I'm not sure (laughs) sure. I don't want to get invested I don't want to get hurt guys
1: yeah Oh, my lord. I don't even get the hell out of here. Peace.
0: The Battle Mallet podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use... You can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats. Come on, Zero
3: Key. It sounds like you're speaking to a tiny Asian man in your room. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>